I am Dr. Tasha Browning, a trauma therapist, and this is The Trauma Perspective. In this podcast, we will discuss various topics surrounding mental health, trauma work, trauma healing, and explore the lived experiences of trauma survivors. Be warned, trauma is a dirty topic. It is thick with hurt and it reveals some of the ugliest sides of human existence. These discussions may not be appropriate for all listeners. So take a breath, stay present, and let's discuss the trauma perspective. Welcome back to the Trauma Perspective. It is a new year, 2022, and I've decided to start this season off with a birth trauma series. The end of 2021 brought me into a new phase of my life, motherhood, and I have a brand new baby boy, and that experience has been uh, delightful and challenging and messy, but Overall, the impact of that experience through pregnancy and delivery led me to want to investigate more areas of what women experience um, in this whole process of becoming a mother and also becoming a birthing person. Throughout this birth trauma series, if you hear me use the terms um, birthing person, in regards to giving birth, using that interchangeably with birthing mother or birthing person, depending on the research that I'm using to support these podcasts, but then also in how I identify since I am the person that is speaking on this topic in terms of giving birth. I also would like to start out these podcasts by letting you know that this topic in particular can be very sensitive. We've all dealt with losses in different ways, but particularly the idea of pregnancy, the loss of children, the trauma and medical issues and psychological trauma that takes place in pregnancy can be very difficult and sometimes very hard to hear it being spoken about. So I I want to send out a warning from the very beginning in addition to what you would already expect um, to be warned about when speaking about trauma and let you know that on my website, uh, thehealingbodymethod.com, there will be resources listed for birth trauma organizations in the US, the UK, and Australia for you to be able to follow up and get more information. Also on um, that site, I always list the references that I use in regards to each podcast because in with this podcast, we believe in science. So everything that we speak of is always supported by peer-reviewed research and other sources of information for you to look up and make your own decisions and form your own opinions about trauma. So with the idea of birth trauma, um, first off, we have to think about trauma in general as being able to happen in all areas of people's lives. Birth just being one area of life that some people experience. And in the idea of birth trauma, we are talking about not just psychological trauma, but also physical trauma that is experienced by birthing people. Trauma itself should be seen an experience that is subjective and it is an event. And the extent of that event involves a person's Um, life, body integrity, or their psychological being threatened, or at least they feel like it was threatened. This experience of trauma can turn into PTSD, but remember, not all experiences of trauma do turn into a, you know, psychological diagnosis. Um, 
but the experience itself is still classified and still can be a traumatic experience for the individual. It should also be noted that birth trauma is more than just the baby blues. The baby blues, as we refer to it, is postpartum depression. It usually takes place with different hormonal fluctuations and that women experience, birthing people experience during delivery or even during breastfeeding. This is something that is, you know, that happens. It's very natural with the hormonal fluctuations with women and the, the changes that take place in that fourth trimester, which will be another episode of our uh, birthing trauma season sessions but this birth trauma the the idea of birth trauma is not that it's not just that the the postpartum depression can develop after a situation of trauma but we need to make a distinction between the two so what exactly are we looking at when we talk about birth trauma first when we look at birth trauma there may be some actual physical traumas that took place during the birth there may have been wounds or serious injuries or even damage that took place um, during the birth you know pregnancy is wonderful you know it's it's a change it's the 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 dawn of a new identity in your life a new area of your life it is all these these different things that are happening to this body that you're in and there are some wonderful great things about it but pregnancy is also very dangerous pregnancy is also putting you through physical and psychological states that up into that point in your life, an individual may have never experienced. And women can die in childbirth. Women have died in childbirth. Physical injuries and physical trauma in childbirth, after doing a lot of research for this episode and having my own experience, I think we're more commonplace than people talk about or want to let on. Physical trauma can present as perennial tears, pelvic floor muscle damage, pelvic organ prolapse, pelvic fractures, cesarean wounds. It's important to understand that physical injuries resulting from birth trauma include damage to the pelvic floor or perennial area. And they also will require medical intervention. It should also be known that some of the injuries that take place, physical injuries that take place with birth trauma, sometimes aren't seen until after the birth of the child and maybe even weeks on into your fourth trimester period that you may start to recognize that some of these uh, physical things are taking place with your body and they are a result from the damage done during childbirth. Women will tend to have physical symptoms that may include uh, incontinence, urinary or uh, fecal, difficulty opening or emptying bowels, painful or difficulty having sex, constant lower back pain, maybe experiencing or the awareness of a bulge or lump in the vaginal opening, maybe a dragging feeling, feeling like their pelvis is dragging or something is falling out between their legs or pain in trying to stand, lift, becoming extremely tired, feeling like the pelvic floor muscles are very relaxed. And then also it should be noted that hernias are a thing in terms of giving birth. The other type of birth trauma experienced is on a psychological level. And the experiences of uh, trauma 
during childbirth, the psychological impact could be from the actual physical experience of what a a painful labor was or what a long labor or the psychological toll of insufficient pain relief during the birthing process. But also in that psychological experience of giving birth, people experience trauma when they don't feel like their feelings are being heard, that their requests have been discarded, that they may not feel safe in the labor process or in the delivery of the child. These are all types of situations that could end in a psychological trauma while giving birth. And then those psychological traumas could then develop and manifest into this sort of postnatal depression, postpartum, post-traumatic stress. The Even some obsessive compulsive disorders can be seen, constant anxiety in regards to constantly checking on the baby, having reincurrent thoughts not being able to really enjoy life. Other things that take place psychologically, these ideas of a poor self-image come about, lots of memories and flashbacks in regards to the traumatic vaginal birth or the emergency cesarean, difficulties with sleep regarding uh, remembering the birth, difficulties with sleep or um, feeling anxiety when going to the bathroom because of feelings of pushing or releasing and having had uh, that very um, traumatic vaginal birth, feeling numb towards your new baby, struggling to bond with your your baby, starting to um, misuse alcohol or drugs, feeling very detached from your baby or your spouse and your loved ones, feeling irritable and guilty, lots of panic attacks, and wanting to avoid any associations with the uh, location of your birth. So not wanting to care for or look at any areas in regards to your vaginal area, your stomach, your your scars from your cesarean stitches, and of those things all become symptoms of psychological trauma from the birthing experience. You know, I think some things too to mention here is that a traumatic birth or a birth trauma can be experienced. We're going to use the terms mother and father for this uh, podcast, but you know, any partner in the room with you, the father, maybe you have a partner in the room or a friend, someone who's partnering you with you in this process, they also can experience a a level of secondary trauma because of birth trauma. So they will have their own secondary birth trauma experience because they have to watch you go through these things in a very helpless state. And they also have to experience and process what they're seeing happen, not only to the loved one, um, the birthing person in this process, but also uh, their concern for the child that is being birthed. So please note that birth trauma can be experienced by your partner, your husband, your um father, your mother, your sister, your best friend, who's ever in in this experience with you witnessing these effects taking place. So, you know, whether 
you are choosing to give birth in a hospital setting or home birth situation, it should be noted that birth trauma happens in either one of these situations, whether it's with midwives or OBGYNs. They happen in both of these situations, whether it's a medicated or unmedicated labor. Birth trauma happens in both of these situations. Medical intervention can be traumatizing, but also not having much needed medical intervention can be traumatizing. It can happen in any situation that is going as planned in a birth or we all know that things can change at the the drop of a hat and those interventions can go sideways. And whether we are having those interventions at home or in a hospital, trauma can happen. So please, as we, you know, look at birth trauma and support people that we know that may be in a pregnancy situation or going through um, a trauma or has gone through a birth trauma, that we understand that there is no right way or wrong way in terms of giving birth. So no home birthing bullies. There's no home birth is better or hospital is better situation. No hospital bullying here when it comes to giving birth because that is every uh, individual's choice in how they would like to give birth. But, you know, we don't attach birth trauma and one situation being better or the other because truthfully it happens in both. According to a study in 2018 in the Journal of Prenatal Education, nearly half of the people who experience birth also experience trauma and a range of other experiences in the birthing process. So I I think that maybe that's something that should be understood. A lot of times when we talk about giving birth and, and pregnancy, we focus with women, I think, with people who are able to give birth. I think we push this idea of having children so hard and we put so much pressure on that in this society that we forget that giving birth and choosing to give birth is a life-changing, life-altering, and it is a situation where you literally put your life on the line to be able to bring another life into this world, and that is not an easy decision. And I do see where more women are speaking up for wanting to live a, choosing to have a child-free life, but also, you know, out of all due respect, it's understandable when we think about the risk that we take in, in going through a birth or a labor and delivery process. Birth trauma in the way that we handle it in this country is not always handled with the same care as we handle other traumas that people may go through. We expect a labor and the pain that goes with it to be just a duty or something that should just be dealt with with women. And I don't uh, believe we put enough care and effort into understanding that birth is great, but trauma exists and that trauma is valid. And women go through these traumas and they should not be discredited or seen as part of the process. This whole experience of being pregnant and diving deeper into this world of gynecological care and women has really left me with some questions in terms of how we approach women and the perception of pain. Going through childbirth and just living the life of a woman, when you go to the doctor, 
the the gynecologist I mean it's, there's a level of pain acceptance that doctors practice under and more and more after this experience of pregnancy it is becoming clear to me that that is very unacceptable and it is a change that needs to take place in uh, medical doctors approach to women's health care in fact the university of miami did research on men and women patients the way that they express pain and how other people would view it and the outcome was actually quite interesting because the people that were observing the female patients stated that they thought that their pain levels were less intense and they thought that the male patients pain levels were more intense even though each of those patients when asked separately without the observing party knowing of course had rated their levels equally so they had rated their levels a 10 or a 9 equally but the person witnessing the pain would always say that the female patient's um, expressions of pain were uh, not as strong as the male expressions of pain and then even more interesting out of this study they asked the observants to recommend treatments and more likely than not they found that for the treatment of pain in female patients psychotherapy was prescribed more often than medication and whereas men were automatically usually prescribed pain medication to handle their treatment needs i think that definitely shows some disparities in how women and their pain perception is perceived but also in how doctors perceive psychotherapy to be more effective for women in pain management than pain medication and you know it, it makes you start to wonder um, where these uh, sort of perceptions have come from and unfortunately the entire even the father of gynecology did experiments on black female slaves and so a lot of the ways in which doctors have been taught to process pain and the way that pain is experienced came from these unmedicated experimental exams and treatments and explorations of black female slaves and i think from that this extension of what pain is supposed to be and how it's experienced in women's bodies has been developed and the development of that in this very misogynistic type of medical world that we live in is that somehow women deal with pain better a woman's uh, life is supposed to be a level of pain and that the pain that a woman feels can very easily be discredited because women have been taught to handle pain and to deal with pain this discrediting of women's pain can also be seen in common gynecological procedures such as the insertion of IUDs even biopsies on the uterus are all done under very minimal and usually no 
pain men, even procedures for women, such as routine pap smears, have a level of discomfort. And then for some women can be very painful, but women are usually not offered any type of pain relief during the procedure and after these procedures, whether it be a biopsy, IUD insertion, or just that routine pap smear each year, women are often told to treat that with an over-the-counter pain Uh, management after the procedure has been done. It is being reported more and more that women are really requesting some pain management during the procedures and they are not being heard. Um, But I think now the influence of social media is bringing attention more to that issue. And I, I hope to see some progress in the future in that. But that led me back to thinking about this experience of pain and childbirth. And I'll tell you that throughout my experience of birth, I kept asking myself, you know, was this the right way to experience it? You know, these are all the thoughts that you have during pregnancy. Are you eating the right things? Are you doing the right things? Am, am I choosing the right way to labor, you know, is my birth plan going to be the best birth plan for my child, for my health, right? But in all these experiences, you never are completely in control of that process that's taking place in your body. And with that, one of the things that of course happened to me in this story time that I will share is a long labor. So, In studying women's pain and starting to think about the pain that I was like physically going through, laboring, I found myself in 34 hours of labor, unmedicated. And that was something that I chose because in this society, in the way that we think about childbirth, we are told to expect that labor will be painful. And as a woman, we are told that we, you know, this is the process of it and this is how childbirth is supposed to go. And so you automatically expect a certain amount of pain, right, going through labor. It is in that 34th hour that I decided that this pain was no longer for me and did another five hours with an epidural uh, and then ended up with the birth of my baby. But in that 34th hour, getting my epidural, I had an interesting conversation with a nurse anesthesiologist that all brought about the idea of needing to do this podcast on birth trauma. And so, you know, I'm sitting there on this very uncomfortable bed because my birth was in a hospital. And, you know, I'm assuming the position. I have a nurse in front of me. I'm arching my back and everything they tell you to do to prepare yourself for this epidural while you're having contractions. And it's painful either way around, whether it's you're getting poked in the back or your baby's contracted in the front and you have to be completely still. And I'm thinking that this at this point that all birthing procedures in the whole entire world is BS for women and it's a scam and we've been conned and nothing about this whole process is beautiful. You know, all all of the all of the labor things are going through my mind. And I ask a question and I ask the nurse anesthesiologist and I say, you know, out of your experiences between medicated and unmedicated births, which ones work out the best? Like is there one that you would recommend? I was like, because, you know, I've, I've been on Medicaid this whole time and I'm still pregnant. 
you know, like I still haven't gone through birth. And she goes, you know, it's 50-50. And I was like, 50-50? Like, what does that mean? And she goes, you know, I find that with 50% of the women, some of the women that I work with, a medicated birth is actually better for them. And she explains this as, just from what I've seen, sometimes the stress of laboring has the opposite effect on a woman's body in that they can't relax enough to let the dilation continue to take place, that they can't, they're mentally and psychologically, they're so tense and their body is so tense and they're so stressed that it's actually prolonging their labor and then they get the epidural and they calm down and they're able to, you know, take the contractions more easily because, you know, an epidural is not 100% pain-free, but, you know, it, it, you take the contract contractions more easily and the body starts to relax into the, the actual dilation process and then the baby comes and it's probably something they should have did from the beginning. And then she said the other half of the women, the other 50% I've seen, sometimes they need contractions. Sometimes their labor and the the movement of the labor and the action of the labor and the process of the labor works better for their body. And having the epidural sort of slows down their natural way in which their body is progressing in that direction. But those women are also progressing in their dilation. And so she's like, that's why I say 50-50. And in that moment, it was sort of a light bulb moment for me and how I thought about medicated and unmedicated births and whether or not that was actually, did I make the right choice? Was this a good process? Was this a good choice for me? And no, I still don't have the answers. And I'd, I'd like to say, you know, I don't recommend either one. Everybody's body is diverse. Your birth experience is diverse. The needs you have for yourself and your baby are diverse. Your choice in a medicated or unmedicated birth is your choice. But in that conversation with her, I, I was left with a lot of questions and I was left with, you know, wanting to share that story because I think that women need to really rethink some of the ways that we are pushed and talked to about giving birth and what that means for us and our body. And I also think that it's important that we maybe rethink and think about pain and how the body processes pain and whether or not pain that we experience, that we're expecting to experience during labor works for our body. Because after that conversation with that nurse anesthesiologist, I was left thinking that maybe pain it does not work for my body. And I wish that someone would have had that conversation with me at the beginning of this whole process. Because although I was healthy enough um, and privileged enough to have a healthy, able-bodied body to be able to go through a very long labor, um, the question is, should I? Should I have done that unmedicated? And I don't know. But I, I think that maybe it was a consideration that if it was something that had been given to me and spoken to me about in a different way, I may have made a different decision. When we look at other experiences that women have had when giving birth, it does lead you to wonder why um, 
constantly in this society, women are always pushed to experience pain and why we have not turned away from that, even with all the medical advances and all the scientific advances that we've been able to create for ourselves as humans to sort of mitigate um, bad birth experiences and death in the birthing process. We still choose to not use them or entertain them as much because we are really stuck in this idea that a vaginal unmedicated birth is the right way in quotation marks supposedly to give birth instead of saying or thinking that maybe a vaginal unmedicated birth is one way to give birth for some bodies but not every body. I think that would be a safer way to avoid different aspects of birth trauma and um, the impact they have on the birthing individual and on the child that's being born. So just to you know, rewind a little bit. Any of the resources used in this podcast today will be available on the Healing Body Method website, including journal articles and three different associations to support individuals in their birth trauma healing out of Australia, the UK, and the United States. Thank you for listening and thank you for your time um, exploring this topic with me. And remember, there will be um, two additional top two additional episodes on um, a birth trauma topic, um, and I look forward to uh, discussing uh, more trauma issues on a trauma perspective with you next time.